This is the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Welcome to this month's podcast. Our subject today is this, a generational kingdom reset that's occurring right now. It's happening like it's happened historically. I believe with all my heart, there's a reset occurring right now. I believe it is fully being birthed by the Spirit of God, and I want to address that on two fronts, how it affects those of my generation and our responsibilities and the Achilles heel in processing this, but then also the next generation coming up. What are their callings and responsibilities? What are the Achilles heels that they have to face moving forward? I believe these are insights that that God's put in my heart that I think could be so helpful as we move forward. So let me get into the content today. Let me start with the process that brought me to it, and I'll be very succinct. Several years ago, God dealt with me, speaking to my heart, saying, I'm going to bring new wine out of you. Now, I just turned 60 last year, and so it was something that I knew he had put in my heart. But right in the same time frame, in times of prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, don't ask me how and what I'm going to do with and through the next generation. I'm not going to tell you, but I will hold you accountable to help them to hear my voice. So it was confusing to me, thinking, Lord, if you're speaking to my heart about new wine, but you're saying you're not going to give me what's happening next, how how do those things work congruently? I think this is true directionally for all of us as we walk with God. Direction is not always that clear. It builds line upon line and precept upon precept. And so, but in 2020, it became crystal clear to me. And it was simply this, that there was coming a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit that will move beyond pulpits into the everyday lives of God's people. That the power gifts of the Holy Spirit and the revelation gifts of the Holy Spirit will be prominent. It will be relational, not odd, not weird, not uh, centered on any individual person, but but a, a broad spectrum of God reaching into a very broken world through the gospel attached to a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. Because we live in an hour and in a day where the minds of the culture have fallen into a reprobate state. I'm not suggesting everyone is, quote, a reprobate, but the way the culture thinks is formed, according to Romans 1, as a reprobate mind. And a reprobate mind is a mind void of judgment. So people can't even hear you when you speak today. The only way to penetrate it is that God's power reaches in behind these impenetrable walls. And the gospel is attached to the gifts, operations, and power and grace of God so that lives could be changed. And I believe it is, and not only do I believe it's happening, I see it happening. It is such a joy to watch. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit gave me clarity. He said, if you'll humble yourself and if you'll be willing to tirelessly serve this next generation, then you will be able to pour the new wine I give you into the wineskins they formed. The clarity that came was this. The next generation would form the wineskin, if you will, from which the wine or the new wine of the gospel would be brought forth to a generation. And what the Holy Spirit was really saying to me is I'm not going to give that to you. Everybody, as long as they live on the earth, will have something to offer the kingdom and people within it. But the wineskin, the manner in which it's done, is going to be very different. And God really dealt with me. 
Back off of that, John. I'm not going to talk to you about it. I don't need your approval. You let me work through this generation and don't impede it. Don't, don't make it difficult for them. And so I know that what God has put in my heart, I saw it last year, a, a move of the Holy Spirit emerging, and it's coming to pass. You can see it, and it is to win lost people in a way and at a level and at a, at a, a depth uh, that, that I believe I've never seen in my lifetime. That at this darkest hour, when the world is imploding, God is greatly desiring to expand the kingdom. There is a generational reset happening in the kingdom right now, and it's birthed by God's God's spirit. Now, let me speak to the wineskin for just a moment. You know, there isn't one verse in the Bible, not one, on how to conduct a church service. There are some cautions. There are some generalities of what we know should occur, but the actual church service There's no clear direction at all because the reality is this. How we have a church service is absolutely irrelevant. What the church proclaims and how it functions is immovable and it's sacred. We have to fight for lost people, not our preferences. The wineskin is the, the container that the gospel will be poured into that will affect and reach this coming generation. Right now, a new wineskin is being formed, and God is forming it in the hearts of the leaders of the next generation. And it's very important for people from my generation, those of you in your mid-50s and up, there are some very important, if you will, strategies and I think understandings that if we don't hold on to them, if we don't lean into them, we're going to do two things. We're going to presume that God is going to have to speak to us about what he's doing, that he's going to make it clear to us. But then I I think more importantly and more devastatingly, we will limit those that we serve in the next generation. They'll be waiting for us to give them permission. And God's really dealing with me. John, trust me in them. Let me say that again. John, trust me in them. There was nothing about my calling personally, nothing about my journey that remotely came near perfection. Uh, In fact, I I probably did more things that should kill a church than grow one. But there's something about following God out of a pure heart that even he will make your enemies, if you will, at peace with you. So it's so, so very important. So let me just give you a few thoughts for my generation of leaders. I would consider you anybody in your mid-50s and upward. We must decrease that the next generation might increase. Like John the Baptist with Jesus, we have to decrease. They must increase. It's going to require something from us. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require that we pour our resources into them with everything we have. We need to see this next generation, we from my generation, like we see our own children, and and if you will, our grandchildren. I don't have any of those yet, but I'm I'm sure looking forward to it. We, We would do anything to pour our lives into our kids. We've made sacrifices, all of us, if you have children, that just are unimaginable, and you do anything to better their lives. We have to die totally empty. We have to have exhausted and poured out every last vestige of what God has put in us. Let me speak to the Achilles heel for our generation, those 55 and older. And next month, I'm going to address the issues 
that the next generation have to face, that generation coming up in their 20s and 30s and 40s, the things that they have, in my view, have to understand. Because as my generation sacrifices and and decreases and, and pours everything we have, every resource at our disposal into, into resourcing them and bettering them and, and causing them to succeed and longing for their success more than we ever long for ours. As we do that, there's something that must occur in the generation coming. There must be a place of honor in them because if they don't have honor, all of these resources will never come to them in the full measure in which God has intended So when the sacrifice of the older generation meets honor of the up-and-coming generation, it will cause an explosion in the kingdom. And now we're living in a world that is so divided, even Christians. Everybody identifies themselves by division other than those who are mature in the kingdom. And I want to make certain that we don't permit ourselves to be divided because division certainly isn't from God. The body of Christ is one. Christ cannot be divided, and nor should his people. But there are some Achilles heels that we we need to be aware of in my generation. And we all know about Achilles. He was that he was, you know, in battle, and the only way to kill him was the arrow to hit him in his Achilles heel. If it hit him there, he died. It, it seems like such a weird place to be injured. But that's what the Achilles heel means to us, is that these are things often that we we don't see coming. And so let me talk to you briefly about the first one. We must move away from the presumption of leadership. Let me say that again. We, those 55 older, we must move away from the presumption of leadership. If you're like me, in my case, I've been serving in June in the kingdom of God, 40 years in ministry. And when you've led that long, you presume that God is always going to ask you to lead. It's a very dangerous thing to walk in presumption. And I want to encourage every person hearing my voice that's in this generation that I speak of, we have to very intentionally remove ourselves from the presumption that God is always going to use us to lead what's happening in the kingdom because he's not. Secondly, we must lay down our presumptions, our opinions, and our preferences. We must lay down our presumptions, our opinions, and our preferences. We have to step back and realize that we have made, we can easily make from our experience a lot of presumptions about what the next generation needs to do. But the reality of it is, the, the, the world that they have to reach is a different world than when I started. It is so divided. It has become so dark. It is wickedness is, is proclaimed as righteousness and righteousness proclaimed as wickedness in a way that is starting to rival when the Roman Empire fell. For them to reach this world and not just draw back, if you will, and hide in caves till they die, they're going to have to have a wineskin birth of the Spirit of God. And one of the Achilles heels that we must have and deal with is this. I can have no presumption about what that should look like. I can have no opinion of what that should look like. I can have no preferences that should drive them. We have to be very careful that we do not judge those in their 20s and 30s and 40s from our place of experience. We have to have this burning desire to do for them what we wish someone would have perhaps done for us when we were in their shoes. We have to determine 
that what I prefer isn't necessarily God. And if you remember, those of you my age and older and a little bit younger, you can remember when you began to move into certain things, the generation before didn't understand it and they pushed back. Again, the wineskin is irrelevant, but the message is so very critical. And that's one of the Achilles heels that I want to talk about next month when we talk about what the generation coming has to observe and understand. Now, this one's huge to me. We must reset our expectations. We have to reset our expectations as we deal with the next generation. You know, those in their 20s, just by design, they're going to be all over the map. They're going to make incredibly wise and incredibly unwise choices, just like we did. Sometimes when I deal with people, I think like, you know, they should understand this like I do. And there's so much I don't understand, but I'm 60. But people in their 20s and 30s are in the process of making foundational decisions, passing the the faithfulness test, making some really good choices and ones they're going to regret, just like we did. So we have to make a decision and reset our expectation that when I serve those in their 20s, I am not investing in the fruit of their life, but the seed of their life. Let me say that again. We are not investing in the fruit of their life, but the seed of their life, because they're not bearing fruit yet. They're not yet to a place to where the fullness of the grace on their life will be producing. And so I have to understand that. I have to have great grace for them. And I have to remember that any mistakes I see them make, and please understand, I'm not talking about immorality or things of that nature, of of which we still would need to restore them. But I'm talking about just, don't, they don't see it. They don't have the right perspective. They're just, they're, they're young in experience. It, it's so important that we set and reset our expectations for them. If we don't, we are going to set a bar that they can't meet. And we will never be able to deposit in them what is critical for them. All I want to do and all every leader wants to do that I speak to, that's my age, a little younger and, and a little older and older, is this. We want to help them miss the potholes that we hit. We want to help them get there further and faster. There's enough battles they're going to have to fight that they can't avoid. There's an enemy that wants to seek to steal, to kill and destroy them and their purpose and their calling. But there are some things they can avoid. And I long to see them miss unnecessary pain. You know, those in their 30s right now that are leading, they're absolutely consumed with their vision, consumed with their calling tunnel vision. I remember those days when I could see nothing but the vision and, and I couldn't see anything else. And, and it, it's okay. And we're going to have to understand that with that group, those in their 30s and certainly those in their 40s, we are going to have to invest, listen please, and make a reset in giving them wisdom, not direction. Let me, let me say that again. I don't know how to exaggerate that. We must for those that were serving in their 30s and 40s. We must, of necessity, invest in giving them our wisdom, giving them our insight, giving them the the things that harmed us that we don't want to harm them. But we must not try to direct their lives. Tell them, well, you should do this on a weekend and you should preach this and you should do it this way and the worship should be this way and the way it should look is this. And you, The presumption of leadership has to be laid down. Now, let me take a moment as we wind down and talk to you 
very specifically how I believe God has called me and, and, and that around me to invest in the next generation and serve them. I want you to be aware of it for two reasons. Please, one, to pray for us. But secondly, if you know anybody that fits these categories, I want you to point them toward us so that we can serve them. We're at a place in our life and ministry where we're trying to give everything away. We're trying to invest our resources, uh, everything we've learned, everything we've grown to understand, including financial resources. We want to pour those into people in the kingdom that are called to multiply and build the kingdom. So we're doing that in two very intentional ways internally, and then one very intentional way externally. The two internal ways are this. We want people who are in their early 20s to come and consider and apply for internships with us. This is for those who have a calling to give their lives to ministry. This isn't people who just want to learn about ministry and go into, into, the, into vocational life outside of ministry. We're looking for those who believe that they have a calling, and we want to invest in them in this season of their life and to pour into them. They're not, we're not talking about an internship where you move boxes. We're talking about training them hands-on, where we get five, six, seven, eight, nine interns, and we literally pour our hearts into them, developing and training them. And then secondly, something we're, that we're calling Pastors in Residence. The Pastors in Residence program are for those, I would say, that are certainly moving toward their late 20s and their 30s, even people that'll be in their 40s. And it's a time frame of about 18 months where they'll come here and we will help support them financially. There'll be some things they'll need to do, but we want them to be completely set apart, as we do with the interns, to be totally set apart for development. And we are going to expose them to the intricacies of pastoral ministry. We are going to bring them in on everything that we do as a church, how we do it, not the how that they should copy it, but the wisdom and the concepts behind it from launching campuses to campus pastors, and we want to be able to take them on an 18-month journey of development. Those two things are where we're really, really making a significant time and money investment. So if you know anybody in their early 20s uh, that, that you think fit the, the issue in, uh, of being an intern, or, or perhaps you know somebody you know they're called to pastor, but they're not quite there yet. They need some training. And I, I, you can have a 20-year-old called a pastor, but they're not ready to step into that yet. But in their late 20s, early 30s, similar to the time frame in which Jesus stepped into ministry, is that we want to resource them. We literally want to be able to pour into their lives. We're actually not even interested in them planting churches under us. We want to help those, those pastors step into their callings. Part of our external calling is to plant churches in the Northeast. They're not necessarily going to be direct churches from Victory, they, but we're going to help these, these church planters get connected to groups like ARC where they get trained. We're going to pour our, 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 our resources into them, our hearts into them. We're going to help fund them as they step into the Pastors and Residents program. We're going to help fund them plant their church. We're gonna, we literally want to see people called to the Northeast to be able to be resourced. And we're going to look to gather, part of the purpose is to gather other leaders in our season and help this next generation of church planters. 
Again, they're not going to be under a species. They're not going to be victory family churches. Some of them may be planted through us, but for the most part, we simply want to help church planters. And so we want to do that through getting interns, those ultimately into the pastors and residency, but even those who aren't in either one of our programs. But you know of a young man, a young couple, if you will, that they're stepping out. They're ready to go. They're ready to launch. They're going to launch a church, start a church somewhere in the Northeast. Point them to us. We want to interview them, talk to them. And and, And if we believe God's in it, we want to get behind them. We want, I don't want control over anything. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm innately lazy. I have no ambition, only obedience. And so we want to make a difference in their lives. And so that's how we're going to make a difference. And how we want to help churches and pastors in general is to continue and ongoing resources of serving you through the exchange conferences, ARC meetups, where we come, and ARC is the Association of Related Churches, where we draw people together in ministry that are are, are planting and are pastoring, and we, and we build relationships, and we also serve them by trying to resource them. And then even further, we, we're looking to find some very unique and specialized in individual relationships where we will mentor uh, individual pastors, and that'll be much more select. But if you if you know anybody who fits any of these categories, I'm asking you, please have them contact us. All they have to do is send us an email, exchange, and that's X-change, X-C-H-A-N-G-E, exchange at lifeatvictory.com. You can go to our website and review both the internship and the pastors and residency program by going to lifeatvictory.com clicking on impact and scrolling down. We simply want to pour our lives out and join together with others in the body of Christ, fulfilling God's purpose for our own calling, but then resourcing the next generation. Next month, I'm going to be speaking for the next generation leaders, the things that you must be aware of to be able to fully embrace what God is saying and doing and how you can gain the most from the generation before you. I'll speak to you about the Achilles heels that I believe are so prominent today. And my hope is to be able to provide you an avenue forward, void of some of these potholes, because I believe God is joining both generations together as one for the expansion of the kingdom of God and the love of lost people. Thanks so much for taking the time to join this month's podcast. I so look forward to being with you again next month. Thanks again for tuning in to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate, review, and share this podcast on iTunes. It's a great way to get the word out and to help others grow as leaders. We'll see you back here next time for another episode of the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast.